0: You again, very, very grateful. I deeply enjoyed our chat last time, which I know went on for a really long time.
1: <laughs> yeah. um,
0: but I just I really love your perspective and love hearing your views because you have a very unique view on every situation. Um, just it's like you just have the have such a clear habit of seeing the best case scenario. You're, you're it's not an it feels like but i would love to hear what you i would actually maybe this would be a question i'll ask you um i feel like you have yeah the habit of seeing the best case scenario uh you're extremely uh i would say diligent but it seems like it's become a habit for you to be present and to really be present in the moment and just not take any moment for granted um but yeah, I don't know if you're comfortable sharing a little bit about <laughs> this concept of pre- being present in the moment. Like, how do you, how do, you do it every day? Because I think most people, I've become pretty good at it, I think, but it's still sometimes a conscious effort. Um, but most people, they'll automatically see their reality with their eyes. They're experiencing their reality. And they'll feel the emotion of that reality. And if the reality is exciting and positive, they'll feel that. If the reality is disappointing, discouraging, sad, uh, negative, then they'll feel that. But you and I'm not saying that you're immune to negative emotions. I don't believe that you are.
2: <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but
0: um, but you just have, from my perspective, it appears though you have really built the habit of looking for the good in things, so that you're able to switch to seeing that fast and not get stuck in this negative spiral for too long. Even though as we grow, our problems grow, our challenges grow, our, you know, so it's not like you don't have these big obstacles or challenges by any means, you probably have larger ones. But um, yeah, that's my long winded thoughts on being present and how do you do it? What are your tips?
2: I appreciate that, Nicole. Uh, well, what it makes me think of is, uh, you know, I have a twin brother and he's 14 minutes older than me. Um, he's uh, considerably shorter, um, very, very fit, very smart, just amazing. I'm very, um, very proud of him. It's a trip and tray. So um, he was born first. So um, and both mean three because um, he's a third. So he's named after my father's father, George William Roth, the third. And so his name means three uh, trip because he is a third. And then, um, I have an older sister. We have an older sister, two years older, and then trip was born and then I was born. So that's the significance of three for me. And Trey means three, um, as well. And, uh, so I'm named after my yeah, mother's father. So James Roger Roth. Um, so we grew up in a little town uh, called Hampton, um, south of Atlanta. And we had woods in our back backyard that just kept going. And when we were young, I mean, um, younger than 10 years old, we made a trail that went, it felt like a full mile, but it was probably, you know, a third of a mile, quarter mile into the woods. And then it led to a, a big hill and we cleared it out, <clears throat> cleared all the trees and all this. And there's this one gargantuan tree that was basically halfway up the hill But then the, and the trunk was like, I'm talking about, this was not a normal tree. Like Mm -hmm. it looked like something from Africa or something, a massive, massive tree. And it hung over the hill. And then my brother, who is this, you know, big risk taker, um, climbs out onto the limb, hanging uh, over the hill and makes a rope swing. Now this rope swing wasn't just a little back and forth little swing this was like you get the rope you climb up the hill you climb up the tree and then you swing off and when you swing you are going and going and going and going and it's it was huge and it was funny because it was like we had friends just because of the tree swing like not (laughs) they weren't there for us they were there for the swing but um it was a ton of fun a wonderful like adventure. I mean, truly like Trip and I were out on the trail on the swing for years growing up. And that was a an incredible experience. Uh, But then later I found myself like forgetting a lot of those experiences. Like I, I know that it was fun, but I don't remember exactly what happened. I don't remember like the specifics. I just what I remember is just the trail in general. And so I found myself later wishing that I could remember. So much. And then I had this season in college where I had, you know, a bunch of college friends, all these guys, we would go out and we would, you know, whatever, we would party and whatnot. And then looking back after that season of life, I thought, you know, I I don't really remember what happened exactly. I just remember it in general. And so I realized that, you know, we have these wonderful seasons of life and um, we're not really going to remember it very well, or in my case, like very little. And that actually led to a deep fear of living a great life and then not being able to remember it. Mm -hmm. And so that led to my appreciation for being present and for appreciating the moment for what it is. And it gave me also a sense of um, an actual, like a positive sense of mortality and morbidity which is like, I know that life is going to flash. Like life is going so fast that this is it. This is it. And so even today it's like, well, this is it. Like not in a bad way, but in the most wonderful way, Mm -hmm. like of all the lives I I could be living of all the bad things that could have happened that didn't because of, you know, divine providence and like I get to live this life with these people and I get to have these sets of problems and I get to have this experience, which only lasts here and now. And I know that it's going to fold into this season of life that I'll remember more or less. And I'm, I'm determined to remember more. And, and we've talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, my memory, my journey with memory. And, and as you, reaffirm yourself because we all have confirmation bias. So when your bias is I am I have a good memory, I'm a person with a good memory, then your memory actually improves because as you and I both understand, every cell is eavesdropping on every Mm -hmm. thought and responds accordingly. Um, So anyway, every cell in our body is uh paying attention to the thoughts we think and every thought is trying to become reality. So so I do have a much better memory, but I also, based on my experience with previously having a poor memory, I now have a deep appreciation for the present moment and just being aware of and experiencing just how wonderful life is. And that's what I wish for everybody to understand. Like we all have different journeys. We all have different stories. We all have different DNA um, there's, there's so many factors that, um, you know, and it's the differences that make us stronger and it's, it's our differences that make us uh, unique and make life uniquely wonderful. Like your life is uniquely wonderful. It's not just unique, which of course it is. You're not just unique, which of course you are, but your life is uniquely wonderful. Um, and that's something to appreciate every day.
0: Mm-hmm. I um, just appreciate everything you just shared. Uh, it really, for some reason, I, I'm just, I want to like tap into your <laughs> deeper layer <laughs> because um, this is, we've talked about these types of things a lot of times, and I'm not sure why for today, for some reason, I'm just maybe grasping the magnitude of it a bit more deeply. But, um, I don't know. You're you. So you <laughs> you can't see yourself from the way I see you or from the way other people see you because you see yourself from the way you see yourself. Um, but like your appreciation for life is, I just, I don't know that I know anyone else who has that um, really, like I can feel it when you're saying it, I can feel that you feel it. I can feel that you are meaning every word you say. Like I can feel that you truly, I feel that whether I'm I'm right or not. I'm just, that's my perspective, but I can feel. I do, yeah, absolutely. I truly appreciate life and you truly appreciate every moment and you truly believe that you are, that life, that what you just shared with me, that my life is uniquely wonderful despite any obstacles and challenges. And I know we talked last time that everyone has problems and challenges. And if if others knew, they would probably be like, are you all right? (laughs) Because most people have big challenges and obstacles that they're not necessarily publicly declaring. But um, anyways, I just, uh, I don't know if you can, you're able to comprehend the magnitude of what you feel. Trying to teach what you feel, trying to help others feel what you feel, basically, (laughs) I think is a very difficult thing to do because i can hear your words i can feel your your feelings but it, it, it's creating it in myself and i have a few thoughts on this because we know like one of them is is gratitude the power of going through and that we talked about three levels of gratitude one of one of the ways to kind of try to help people create that uh feeling but i don't know was there anything else that came up for you with that in terms of um either gratitude or other things for helping others to truly appreciate life the way that you appreciate life who haven't gone through your experiences with your brother and that the tree and and memory loss and fear of fear of not remembering your fabulous life. But, um, yeah.
2: Yeah. I appreciate you uh, asking and, and pulling on that thread. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I, I believe that, um, we all have confirmation bias, and we all find what we're looking for. And so, when you're, um, you have the level of self-awareness um, w- where it's risen to the point that um, you have a deep understanding that you are assigning meaning and a story, or you're forming a story. You're a, a remarkable story crafting individual. In any given moment, you're assigning to some level, usually subconsciously, um, you're crafting a story um of of meaning behind every experience and so and you do find what you're looking for. So if you're looking for reasons to feel upset and feel negative emotions, you literally biochemically are triggering your you're choosing and you're triggering and you're like that cortisol, those feelings, the you know affirmation of your story. Um but given the same experience, that's why like we all can Be looking at the same thing and have totally different interpretations Mm -hmm. of it. Um, So, we can also assign um, a positive meaning, and what we look for can be positive, and we can look for the best, and then we experience the best. Um, And so, and before I leave this thought, actually, um, I don't like to harp on negative, but I even had the thought yesterday that anything that we hold against somebody, we're actually holding against ourselves first. Um, not necessarily the the fault itself. I'm not saying like, if I hold something against you, I'm really holding it against myself um, in regards to the assignment of fault, but the experience itself, the experience of the emotions um, we first experience. So like anytime you hold something against somebody, understand that, that we are holding it Against ourselves, like to to even do that, and that's why forgiveness is so powerful. And I believe that forgiveness is the currency of um, mm-hmm. relational depth, um, because nobody's perfect. Um, and so, like, say that you make a new friend, and you think that he or she is, you know, pretty cool, and you're chummy or whatever. And then you spend more time together, and you spend more time together, and you spend more time together, and then you are going to eventually, inevitably. Um, experience their humanness and their lack of perfection right then at that point forgiveness and grace becomes currency um, for the depth of your relationship especially even like with your partner it's like your partner is not perfect I'm sure he's fantastic Mm -hmm. but but he's a human Mm -hmm. so at some point grace and forgiveness becomes currency where you say you know what I have this grace for you I have this forgiveness for you and if you don't unforgiveness and the lack of grace and holding something against him in this example, you're first experiencing that for yourself when it's really just the yeah, a choice. So anyway, so that's, that's the negative, but to go positive, where again, uh, I believe in yeah, the power of, <clears throat> of looking for the best because you really do find the best. And uh, I have a personal experience with this, <clears throat> where. and I think that she would be totally fine with it. I won't go into the details, but (laughs) I do have uh, an experience share with forgiveness where, um, well, a family member did something to break trust, and so the relationship was broken for a few years, and during those few years of not um, speaking to each other, um, I mean, if you can imagine what we were looking for in this person, good or bad, um, what would you imagine we're looking for? We're looking for the bad, and it's easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say it's easy to find because it's also easy to find with me as well, with with the you know mm-hmm. the lens reversed. But um, but then um, a moment of forgiveness uh, happened, and r- restoration begun, and then years years of building, rebuilding that trust now goodness oh my goodness this relationship is so wonderful and um if i went into the depths of this story it's a crazy one um but now the relationship is so great and and imagine what what we look for now or what i look for now good or bad good and it's so easy to find um so this is a bit of an extreme example but um But yeah, you find what you're looking for and Mm -hmm. so look for the best and and give grace. And then when you do, it feels it feels great. Like that is actually like when you extend grace to somebody and you extend forgiveness to somebody, who experiences that first? From what place does that Mm -hmm. extend? So it starts with, yeah, you and you get you have the joy of experiencing that grace and forgiveness and the extension and the strength. And the abundance of love and joy and gratitude and appreciation and um, reverence and respect. Like when you respect yourself so much so and you appreciate your entire life experience so much so that you say for you to be in my life of the billions of people who could have been that are not. But for you to be in my life, especially if that person is a family member. Goodness gracious. Like. I have so much reverence for my life experience that I have reverence for you being in it. And I'm going to extend that to you. And I want to, I mean, even it comes down to like uh, we told our, the the gentleman who runs the business, who does our yard and our landscaping, like, Hey, grass isn't growing. It's winter. It's December. Like, you know, don't worry about coming out. Mm -hmm. And then, and this was actually weeks ago that I, I shared with him, Hey, you know, we're good. Don't, don't worry about coming. Mm -hmm. But then he actually yesterday said, Hey, you know, can we come out and like blow leaves and whatever. And so I thought like, you know, I want the people who take care of me. I want to take care of them. I want to take care of my people. Mm -hmm. I, I want, um, like, it, maybe it's winter, and and he's got a number of clients that are saying, hey, we don't need your work right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I don't know, but maybe he just needs ongoing work. And so even though I told him earlier, don't worry about it, like, we're good for the winter, I just shot. And like, my initial response was, hey, do you remember the last thing we talked about? Do you remember <laughs> our past conversation? I want it. Like, that was my initial, like... <laughs> Like I almost felt like disrespected, like, Hey buddy, like this is not what we decided earlier. Instead of that, I was like, you know what, if this guy, I don't know what's behind the surface, but if this guy needs help, let's go. So they worked on our yard this morning. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that's just when you can come from a place of like um, appreciation for your own life, such that you're, you're always looking for the best. You will find the best and you get to experience in my in my experience and in my opinion, that's that's the best life experience. When you're looking for the best, you really do find it in people, in situations, in everything. There is some evidence of, in my opinion, at the at the deepest level, Mm -hmm. there is some there there is love to be found Mm -hmm. for you in every experience and every person. Um, and there's the best to be found and it is those who seek that will find it.
0: Mm -hmm. I love it. I love that story with the, uh, just changing your perspective with the, you know, landscape people and then having the ability to look for the good in, in that opportunity rather than holding the grudge or feeling frustrated about it. Um, the, 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 concept of forgiveness bob Proctor was probably i may have heard it before but he shared or shares continues continues to share that kind of aligned with what you said for you by by you forgiving someone it means that you're releasing the hold that that's having on you it doesn't mean that what they may maybe what they did was okay or not okay it may be maybe we're not we're not judging what they did in this this that the, the the ability for you to forgive someone is releasing you from that negative hold from that emotional chain that's holding you back. So it's a gift for you when you forgive them. You're not they're, they're not letting them off the hook. It's this we have this perspective, pers- yeah, perspective essentially of if I forgive them, I'm letting them off the hook for what they did. First of all, the more you study this type of material and yourself and the world, the more you realize that to your point, they are human and like you, you have different level of understanding and empathy from why people do what they do to begin with. But I mean, there are some things that you just, you can't possibly say, could not say that that was acceptable per se, but I can still forgive you <laughs> because that really mm-hmm. is the hold that I, because that, it's holding me back when you're holding a grudge on someone or holding something against someone that is, you're in the, in the box. You're the one in jail. They are too, but you're holding yourself in jail. You can't really be free when you're when you're not able to release that, release it, not accept, not accept it, not saying it was okay. It's it's just this idea of releasing it to allow you to be able to experience the good and see joy and feel and just free all those feelings. So I don't know, but you're, <laughs> but that's something that really resonated with me that shared along the same lines. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there was one other maybe since I'm chatting for a second. There's one other thing that when you shared about looking for the good in everything, uh, the confirmation bias you talked about. So this is something interesting, Trey, I'm curious your thoughts on as well. So um, I think, and you said subconsciously, you, I heard you say this a little while ago, you're often, you often have a subconscious, probably everyone has a subconscious confirmation bias. They're subconsciously looking for the good or the bad because of their past experiences or past or their beliefs or whatever. Maybe, it's, maybe they're not forgiving someone on something. So now to your point, they're looking for the bad in that situation. Um, but for me, I'll just share a really quick example that happened this morning. I, When I was younger, I moved around quite a lot. So I often felt like an outcast because I moved to a new school and a new city. Like when I was, I think probably, I don't know, between age baby to... About ten, I think, years old or so, ten or eleven. We maybe moved like seven times. We moved a lot. Wow. So I often felt like an outcast. I wasn't aware of this until I was an adult, by the way, <laughs> assessing my life. But I felt like I an outcast. <laughs> so I came in. There's a group of friends. They all know each other. And then here I am. And they're they were. I, I think for the most part, people were nice. I don't remember being. I do remember a couple of bullying experiences. But for the most part, I don't remember a negative. I don't remember being mean. I just wasn't in the group because they knew each other for years and I was new and it, it's not right or wrong. They weren't being mean. They are young, they're kids. I just felt like an outcast and then I moved again. And then I felt like a new another outcast and then I moved again and then I felt like another outcast. And, um, oh my goodness, Trey, this, that paradigm of feeling like I'm an outcast carried with me for so long, so long. Mm-hmm. I moved when I, Even when I stayed in the same group for 10 years, I never quite fully felt like it broke in, even though I probably did or could have. There was no actual reason for me not to. I'm a very nice, positive, fun, lovely person. Um, I just, I still felt like, (laughs) it wasn't me, it was my paradigm. I still felt like an outcast. And then I remember going to university and everyone's new. Everyone starts at the same time in the same place in first year university. I was not an outcast. We were all outcasts. And I felt like groups formed and I was just like a part of this group and a little part of this group and a little part of this group. I didn't feel like I f- created this full connection of full belonging. And then I got a job in corporate and the same thing, a whole bunch of us started and same at the same time, there was no official groups formed at the beginning. Uh, and it's maybe other reasons. Like perhaps I don't, I like to be friends with everyone and I don't want to be attached to a group. There may be other things behind that, but regardless of the, that it was the feeling of feeling like an outcast. I just, I've always felt like an outcast. And I literally figured this out a couple of years ago. <laughs> I was like, Oh, it's because of that life experience. But this is all confirmation bias. I wasn't necessarily an outcast. Um, I was like, okay. Like I, I, I looked for that because I unconsciously thought that I just don't seem to fully fit right in. And then I like unconsciously let the group form without me in it. I could have fit in it. It, it was a, a confirmation bias, but because I thought that that was what I was like and I thought that's how things were going to be for me, then I expected that and recreated that. And when that happened, I saw it and I was aware of it and it reinforced my confirmation bias of see, here it is again. I'm an outcast again. See, here it is again. I'm an outcast again. And this is a funny story. I'm very aware of, of this. I don't really believe it anymore consciously, but this morning I was at the gym and we broke into groups in the fitness class and uh, this one, I was at a, there was, we were par- grouping into partners at this point and no one was my partner. Like no big deal. There was, we ran out of people. There was an uneven number of people, <laughs> but even after so many years and total awareness of this for an instant, I still felt like an outcast. I was like, oh, I felt mm. the feeling. And then I was aware of, man, I haven't gotten over that yet. (laughs) I still, like, I, it was like a reaffirmation of I'm confirming. Yep. Here it is again. I'm still a outcast. Like, no, it's not true, but it's so interesting how deep anyways, the reason I'm part of the reason I'm sharing this story is on your point about confirmation bias. I think um, we really need to dig in and be aware of where our confirmation biases are and whether you don't necessarily have to dig into your entire background to know, to figure it all out. But because um, it feels like a fact confirmation bias feels like a fact it feels like a fact it felt like a fact no it's true look here I am and here's the group I'm not in it it's a fact <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like a fact and when we think it's a fact then it, it doesn't seem like I can dispute it it's like, how can I look for, how can I confirm the bias that I want to confirm when I can see the reality that it's not that so it's like training ourselves to see the world differently than we may currently see it or training ourselves to see the world differently than we have seen it in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't believe gratitude and like deep appreciation is an extremely important way to do it. But um, anyway, any thoughts on all of that rant <laughs> on that story? But
2: I love it. I appreciate you sharing all that. Um, Cause yeah, I would never known that about you. Uh, so that's uh, you know, that's, funny because you seem to be like the last person to to have an issue with with that, you know, with your, the way you lead groups and the way you're part of many groups and the way that, you know, you're yeah. very personable. So, yeah. I'm uh, kind of an
0: outcast though in all those stories. I'm the leader.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm not in yeah. the. I'm not. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I created That's, that to feel better too.
2: Yeah. Well, I, well I, you know again, that word outcast, I think maybe that's where you adopted that word in the past. And then you can find how Mm -hmm. you're an an outcast as a leader of a group, but you can also say, oh my goodness, you're like the, you're a cornerstone of a group. Like, so if you have like a cornerstone or a a nucleus, like I'm the nucleus of all my reality and I take responsibility for that. And so I'm Mm. grateful for um all the evidence of whatever the opposite of outcast is. Hold on. And I and what I don't want to make it sound like outcast? i outcast.
0: Think about that all the time. And I've You're never society. actually said it. Sorry, I'll let you answer that question.
2: <laughs> oh, a person who's rejected from society. Yeah. But it doesn't give me the antenna. So excluded from society is uh or rejected. Included from society. Part. So yeah, included. Yeah. Because yeah. if you have the opposite story, um, so this is yeah, the, the point that I'm getting at is to equip yourself with the, the opposite, which is really closer to the truth, uh, if not the truth, which is like, well, for you to be a leader of a group, that fundamentally means the very opposite of outcast. Like that actually means that not only have you been accepted, which is the opposite of rejection, Mm-hmm. but accepted so much so that you're actually the most like by definition, you're the most accepted because you're leading the group.
1: Mm-hmm. You're
2: actually the purpose of the group uh, mm-hmm. in a way as a, as a mm-hmm. leader of a group. So literally the, like from acceptance and rejection, you are actually the farthest you can be mm-hmm. towards acceptance as the leader of the group mm-hmm. versus outcast, mm-hmm. outcast based on mm-hmm. definition, uh, requires rejection which is not a part of the acceptance uh, the acceptance the ultimate acceptance which is you're not only are you accepted in this group you're leading the group
1: mm-hmm.
2: like we're here because of you so anyway so yeah that's where I've, uh, i i uh, i believe for whatever uh listener is like whatever they're struggling with whether it's the word outcast or whatever find the opposite
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: and then look for evidence of that and you will find it just like I did yes. in the definition.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like as a leader of a group, it's like even with like our startup, um, I could say, you know, I can either find evidence for being an outcast of the group or, or like different or the most accepted. Like anyway, mm-hmm. so it's, it's good yeah. to find the opposite yes story and meaning and look for that and you'll find it
0: i think that's a really powerful tip because um the example of me saying even as a leader of a group i'm an outcast i actually hadn't verbalized that before or or necessarily thought it before but but i i could confirm my bias you, you could confirm your bias probably in any situation. Oh, so yeah, if, if you do, exactly like, I, like that seemed ridiculous to say, how could you think you're an outcast when you're the leader of the group? But if you have a strong bias towards that self belief of yourself, then you can confirm that bias anywhere. So to your point, I'd love your tip, and I wanna do it and I think everyone should do it, is to find the opposite <laughs> of the feeling that you think you have a confirmation to, I guess become aware of it and then find the opposite of it and then look for ways to confirm that bias look for ways Mm -hmm. to confirm that and i would say do it every day like have it written down look at it have affirmation about it think about it like look like have you know look for places throughout the day to confirm the opposite of the the thing that you're trying to (laughs) that you feel is negative like outcast and look for places where i'm totally accepted fully loved and accepted and appreciated and valued like and, and then this is kind of like an experience of gratitude too it all comes back to gratitude because <laughs> you'll be able to um just experience the reality of all those places that you do have that the positive confirmation and then through repetition every single day through repetition and emotion as we know you can that can become your new bias but only through repetition and emotion, which involves belief, but through repetition and emotion we can and, and awareness, we can start to create the new belief. And um, yeah, really cool. This is really yeah. Cool. I think one
2: <laughs> other, like a practical tactic, um, when you find yourself stressed, like I actually, and you do experience it in your body, you know, when you experience it in your mind, especially if it's stress-inducing, it, it is affecting your body. And so even with me, the physical evidence with me is uh, my toes will curl. Like, mm. um, like <laughs> so I remember even the other day I was thinking about some, I didn't even realize I was thinking about um, a challenge that, uh, you know, we're looking for uh, solutions to this one problem. And it's like, why can't the solution just show itself instead of having to dig so much for the solution to this problem? And when I was thinking about it, I realized I was actually like sitting on my bed. My feet were propped and I looked down and I looked at my left foot. And my toes were just totally curled.
1: <laughs> like <laughs>
2: Just thinking about this, I was like, oh, I've got like, it's uh, my body is tense.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I know I'm stressed out because of just what my toes are doing right now. Mm-hmm. And so I realized, um, okay, like I'm I'm actually attracting more of this feeling into my life by allowing these thoughts of like the solution won't come, the solution won't come. It's like we have found so many like seemingly uh, unfindable solutions like time and time and time and time again, year after year, we've found so many solutions Mm -hmm. to problems that seemed so, you know, daunting Mm
1: -hmm. at the
2: time. And now there's so far in the past, I can't even remember them.
1: <laughs> cool <laughs> why is
2: this one going to be any different and so like so then like what i did was i realized oh my toes are curling i am like tense right now and so i thought what is the opposite like how am i going to feel when we find the solution we will find the solution and when we do it's going to be awesome and this is how we're going to feel and my body uh eased up and i just started i put myself intentionally in a positive state and i started and, and i started really what I call focusing on the win, which I actually have a little Instagram video I put out talking about. Huh, ironically, one of my favorite interviews from somebody I don't really have like all the check boxes checked in regards to value alignment, but and, and paradigms and whatnot. But there's a really good interview with a boxer named Floyd Mayweather, and Floyd Mayweather. Um, currently is 50-0, and so he has not Mm. lost a fight. And so he was being interviewed and he was asked, how is that possible? And his answer was really great. And he said, I've fought fighters that are stronger than me, faster than me, better than me, but nobody has beat me at my mental game. And then what he said after that really literally stopped me in my tracks. He said, I only think about winning Now, when he said that, I was running at the time and I literally physically stopped. I was like, wow, that is good because I know that I couldn't say the same. You know, I know I think about losing. I think about loss prevention and therefore I'm giving my precious time and attention and energy and every thought is trying to become reality because we're actually giving it our precious time and it is energy and it is it's. Yeah, it's like our thoughts are magnets, and um, everything we see in the world, look around you and see anything, it was seen twice. First in the mind, in the mind's eye, and then second in reality. And so when we focus on our fears and we focus on loss and we focus on loss prevention, mm-hmm. uh, we're still, that's what we're focused on. And that is, it's making the chances of it becoming reality much higher. Mm-hmm. Now, if we only focus on the win, which is the point of all of this, that's the bottom line focus on the wind, focus on the wind, focus on the wind only. When you do that, you are giving your precious time, attention, and energy to the wind and the chances of that becoming uh, reality go way up. <clears throat> so like whatever is, is like in my case, physically making my toes curl because I'm stressed, <laughs> like, when you counter it with, when you just have a red flag go up in your mind, you're focusing on the loss. Don't do that, don't do that. It's trying to become reality, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And then say, no, I am, I'm standing guard of the door of my mind and I will not allow any thought to pass through this gate unchecked. Any thought that I do not wanna experience in my life, even though I might have confirmation bias that it's true, I am an outcast or I am whatever, I, I will not even allow that thought in my mind. Mm-hmm. I, that gate is closed. And the only thoughts that I'm allowing through the, the gate of my mind are the thoughts that I want to experience in life. Even if I might not you know, believe it 100%, that is what I'm telling myself and that is what I'm bringing into reality. Those are the thoughts that start as energy that come out as words and come out as written words. And come out as a new form of energy and then action is taken on that and then it it literally changes reality it's it's you know what being a um a realistic optimist or an optimistic realist is is what that means you're leading with optimism Mm -hmm. which is harder than leading with being realistic being realistic means the the chances of being right are greater the more pessimistic you are because it takes no action. It requires no action to be pessimistic. You can say, say, look, it all went bad or my fears came true. It's like, well, you sat in the corner and you did nothing. So (laughs) of course, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, what you were pessimistic about, you were right about. So being right and being pessimistic is intrinsically tied to each other. Whereas being optimistic and being less right, but at least you have that chance. And it and you give probability and possibility uh, to what you're optimistic about. Like you're it it, it takes more strength um, to be hopeful. And then it it actually it's because it requires action. So it's harder to be optimistic because it requires action, but it's so far better. Because you're either taking action towards your hopes and dreams or you're, you're, it's in action, so you're not taking action towards your hopes and dreams. And, then, and it all starts with your thought and it all starts with the guard at the door of your mind.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: you choose. What are the standards? You don't get what you want. You do get your standards. So what are the standards that you give that guard at the door of your mind? Mm-hmm. When you understand and when you have um, the practiced realization uh, of your thoughts, when, when, you are, when you build on your self-awareness, which you can, that is a skill, and you can identify, oh, that's a thought that I do not want to ever, ever, ever experience.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I know just thinking about it, I know the chain reaction. I know that the smallest little thought leads to the smallest little bad decision which, or, or inaction because fear breeds inaction, which leads to my worst decision, which leads to my worst results, which leads to my worst emotions and experience. All of that, but when, when you understand, I think this is maybe one of the, like if I could, if I had a list of like teachings to leave humanity, like if I were to die at the end of this call or whatever it's a little morbid but and i left like one of the one of the top 10 lessons i would leave humanity is like just to understand that the smallest of bad decisions lead to your worst decisions lead to your worst results so identify when that happens and that starts with a thought a fearful thought that's making your toes curl Mm
1: -hmm.
2: but you can just take this you can go just slightly to the right you can go just make the a slightly better decision have a slightly more hopeful thought and when you do that over and over and over and over and over and over you bring that increasing skill and understand that it's not fixed it's not stagnant but that it's something that you can build on you can build on the ability to Uh, introduce hope into the smallest of situations and when you understand that that increasing ability and that one thing that you're doing leads to a small good decision which leads to a better decision which ultimately leads to your best decision and your best results and you having the experience like you have now brought your hopes and dreams into reality and you feel those feelings that you dreamed of and prayed for and worked probably years for that, that little itty bitty <laughs> seed of hope is what grew into that Oak tree of your, your dreams, your hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you are, uh, you have that level of wherewithal and you're, um, determined to have the standards for the guard at the door of your mind, to, to, rise ever so slightly consistently. Um, your life is only getting better. You are, um, seeing less of your fears and more of your dreams over and over and over. And it matters because even like at, at, at our age, um, like we're young, we have youth like the oldest versions of ourselves for us to think that our, our, Thoughts and actions are insignificant, or to think that we're old and it's like, well, it's kind of too late now to change and be more hopeful.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The oldest versions of ourselves would pop us across the face, you know, the mouth <laughs> and, and say, Your thoughts and actions absolutely matter. They affect me very greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so be hopeful, be optimistic, be bold, be courageous, even if it's ever so small and the smallest of decisions. And then be excited and know that your life is only getting better because you're getting better at that.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh my goodness. I love the visual I just got of the older version of myself popping across cut popping me across the face to say, yes, every single thought matters right now because it's gonna have that every and I also love you saying about I think it allows people to feel a bit like a sense of relief. Oh, I just need to make a slightly better thought. A slightly better, like I don't have to make a quantum leap overnight. You could, if you want to, if we want to work through that. But that, that, that accumulation, and if you think about the older version of ourselves, and we're looking in in twenty years from now, and thirty years from now, those small little changes over time will make a huge difference to that person. That so, um, I don't know. I I love I love that visual, and I really loved that I feel like it gives us a sense of relief to have just need to make a slightly better thought. Um, one thing, one thing that came up for me was when you talk about the guard, having the guard, like guard your thoughts, guard your thoughts, guard your thoughts. i love this, that concept, but I think it's for most people a lot easier said than done because 90, at least 95% of our day is subconscious, which means we're not conscious, subconscious. It's automatic. So ninety-five percent of the time, uh, things could be happening, and I'm not consciously so guarding the door because I'm, my, I'm we are subconscious people um, beings. So that that just came to me when I'm thinking about putting the guard because I, I love the idea of that, but I know that for most people, the day pa- the day happens, and then they reflect back and they're like, "Oh, I had negative thoughts all day long. I forgot to put my guard up, and it's because I'm they're busy and they am stressed and life's happening, and it's, it's it takes." conscious effort, like Napoleon Hill says, you get to pay the price. The price is to help to control your thoughts. The pr- part of the price is taking conscious control of your habitual way of thinking. But um, anyways, I just want to point that out because I feel like if people are listening to this and they're gonna go, I'm gonna put the guard up. I'm gonna put the guard up and then at the end of the day they feel discouraged because they didn't put the guard up. I don't want them to feel bad because you're subconsciously controlled. So it, it does take practice. Um, and then one of the things to practice is gratitude. The more, they, like the, the more we practice the list of things I'm grateful for and appreciative morning and night or throughout the day, that can help to shift that subconscious, to, to shift the confirmation bias, to shift that more positive place. Um, and then also it made me think of, because what I have done before is say, okay, for this hour of time, I'm going to put the guard door up. And I'm going to pay attention from 10 to 11 a.m., I'm gonna put my guard up and I'm gonna be consciously aware of my thoughts rather than saying I'm gonna control my thoughts 24 hours a day, other than sleep. I guess not during sleep, but you know what I mean? I don't know if you've done that before, if you've experienced that or thought of that before, but by putting kind of a time frame on it to start with, it allows us to kind of, even 30 minutes, an hour is a long time, like uh, it allows us to kind of practice this ability to control our thoughts and ha- catch and even write it down. How many times did I have a negative thought? Oop. Oh, 10.08. Oh my goodness. I had 15 negative thoughts in this 30 minute window. Um, because it's like you said, it's awareness. If you're not aware, you can't change it.
2: Mm -hmm. That's good. What comes to (laughs) mind, Nicole, that's really good. I have not thought of, of measuring like that. Um, but that's a great idea um, because what's measured is managed and I haven't Mm -hmm. measured that before. So I can see that being, um, a very illuminating experience um, mm-hmm. and helpful experience. So, great suggestion. What makes uh, what all of that made me think of um, was this question: What's at stake?
1: Mm. Like, why?
2: Why? Yes. Why care? You know, what's what's at stake? Like, I remember seeing a video um, of uh, so it's a guy that was working at a fast food restaurant in the drive-through, handing. Like the the bag um, to to the driver, and this guy was remarkably um, similar looking to um, Bradley Cooper. I mean, it looked like the actor Bradley Cooper yeah. <laughs> handing the US bag. Like, oh my goodness! Like this guy, because like the driver was saying, like apparently there's like this Bradley Cooper doc, doppelganger that works here. And so, and I was like, okay, well, let's see how much this guy looks like Bradley Cooper. And I was like, like, I was trying to figure out um, whether it was him or not. I could tell that it was not him, but it was, it was actually kind of freaky, like looking at this guy and thinking this guy is not Bradley Cooper anyway. But what was funny was like the driver asked him, like, are you going to go like to Hollywood and try to do X, Y, and Z? And he was like, it's like, no, I just, I like my simple life, you know, um, doing what I'm doing no fault in that. Like that is like totally fine. And I get that. But, um, the reason I bring that up is just because I I do feel like that, um, verbalizes, um, you know, the, the thoughts that, that we all have to some degree, uh, of, of complacency where it's like, yes, I know I can, I can take that next level in my health. If I did X, Y, and Z, yes, I know I could take, you know, that next level in whatever my relationship, my finances, my, you know, parenting, my whatever area of life. Yes, I know actually what the next steps are to take the next levels. I just like my simple, I like the level that I'm at because I'm, I can only handle so much or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but a friend and a mentor of mine who is, I mean, by definition, a high capacity person. This guy is like one of the most remarkable serial entrepreneurs, fighter jet pilot, um, uh, tech entrepreneurs. Um, he's got like, um, yeah, he, he's, um, he's an, a remarkable person, but he, when he talks about individuals that, um, accomplish much and, um, and have high standards, um, uh, for their lives, He just, he calls them high capacity people. And Mm. based on my experience, I I see that we all have capacity. It's like we have an endless capacity. It's just the willingness to tap into that capacity and then to ask ourselves the question, well, what's at stake? You know, um, and and we all have the need for um, something new and something next and something more in whatever areas of life that we're looking for most where we're looking for that most and needing that most. And we all have the need for, um, uh, predictable, Mm -hmm. you know, just a home, right. I'm I'm home here. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. So like, I think a very powerful question, like whoever's listening to this, um, a powerful question to ask yourself, is what's at stake in regards to that next level of your life whatever area is where you know is, is demanding more of you or, or asking more of you excuse me in or, in in order to take on that next level you know what's at stake and um, usually you'll find that the pros far exceed the cons um, in regards to taking action to achieve that next level Mm-hmm. Um, and you are a high capacity person. You are a high capacity person. You have far more margin and far more, um, well, greater capacity to be more, to do more, to love more, to give more, to have more, to experience more. Um, you've got that. You've got far more capacity than you give yourself credit for. And so. A powerful story to tell yourself is um, that, that you do have that capacity for more. And so invite that more into your world, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and stop and, and don't say something or assign the meaning to or tell the story that, oh, I've got all, I've got like more, too much on my plate already as it is. It's like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Don't say that. Like, y- you have a bigger plate. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, you can just, it's almost like if you imagine in your world right now, if you've got this like white dish, it's a small plate and you've just got all of life on top of it and it's just spilling over. You've got too much going on. Mm-hmm. Literally in your mind, you can go, whoop. All right. Now I've got this little bit of stuff going on and I've got all this.
0: Big space.
2: plate. <laughs> you've got a big plate and it's literally a matter of choice. And it's the meaning you assign. Um, it, it's it's the story you tell yourself about yourself tell yourself a more truthful story, which is that you're a high capacity person and that your plate is bigger than you feel like it is at the moment. Your plate is much, much bigger. So welcome that literally imagine your plate expanding and you have all this white space. And now the stu- that pile, um, is like dispersing and spreading. And now it's like in its place and it's totally fine and you can put more, on it like invite the more that you want and first in your mind and then um, take action based on that knowing that you have that capacity and you have now invited more um and there's a deservedness Mm. for more and more connectivity um yeah so that's something i would Mm -hmm. i would recommend
0: i love the visual because i we know we we know we think in pictures so I, I always believe having a visual of something like seeing your plate expand and now you have all this white space you can fill in that, um, literally the picture of that can allow us to change our experience of it. Have it, even though it's a funny, silly little example, but I totally love that visual. Um, I love what you said, Trey, you said, I, I think if I, if I may not be completely saying it the same way you said it, but you said, i f- I know that I have more capacity than I feel like I have right now. So it's like this knowing of the truth, but I don't feel it right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm at max capacity, but I know that I have more than I feel like I have right now. Um, Cause sometimes I find with affirmations or trying to change our beliefs, sometimes it's hard to go all the way and say, I have unlimited capacity. I am an incredible person with unlimited capacity and I can do anything. Like sometimes if we don't, if we're not experiencing that in our reality right now, we don't believe that affirmation yet because it feels too far. Like you know, you know, what I mean? you know what I mean. So sometimes affirmations that are too far of a stretch, if we can't bring our belief level up to match the affirmation, the affirmation isn't really as effective. So um, if you do believe it, then that, then that, say that amazing, incredible affirmation. But if you don't believe that yet, then what you said. Um, is even more powerful is I, I know deep down, I know that I have more capacity than I feel like I have right now than that. And maybe use that affirmation for a while until I start to believe it more. And then I say, I, then I can just say, I know I have more capacity and I, and I can drop the, then I feel like I have right now part of that affirmation. or I know I have unlimited capacity. We can like grow our affirmation through repetition of saying the, the other the previous affirmations until we kind of fully believe the top level i love bob proctor i i will you know you we talked about the feeling of your future self slapping you across the face i can visualize bob saying i not slapping you across the face that didn't go that didn't come out right <laughs> but verbally uh, kind of the same experience verbally he would say how dare you judge someone else's potential how dare you and i was like whoa like not just to me, how dare you judge someone's potential? They have unlimited potential. Everyone has unlimited potential. Everyone has unlimited capacity. How dare you judge your own potential and your own capacity? It's unlimited, there is no cap. And we talk about the plate, that even made me think about like a pieces of a pie. You know, we're sharing, we got a pie, got I need my slice, you get your slice. There's no, there's no crust on the pie, the pie is unlimited. <laughs> there is no, no limit. If you run out of slices, then it's, it grows. <laughs> But, um, just that, his tone of voice, if you know, you know, Bob's voice, like, how dare you judge your, someone, anyone's potential. Everyone has unlimited potential. Like that, that felt like a slap in the face, (laughs) kind of an experience for me to be like, you're right. How dare I? (laughs) And it's easy. It's easy to do. It's easy to judge your own potential and your own capacity when you're experiencing life, feeling like, like you're at your max capacity. Or when you look at others and you're like, oh, they don't have that potential because look at their circumstances. How could they possibly get out of that? How dare you judge that? They're, they're capable of getting out of any situation, but they have to change their beliefs and their you know paradigm. They have to do stuff. They have to do things differently to be able to do that, but it doesn't mean they're not capable of it. So we can't, we, we, we match up know-how with uh, ability or uh, potential and know-how and as if they're the same thing, but. Anyways, that was yeah. a, an interesting perspective.
2: That's good, Nicole. <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate that. The thought that, that triggered was um, I imagine that um, uh, the, uh, anyone listening here, uh, most likely you are a very ambitious person. And I applaud you. I believe that we're all paying a price. Like pain is inevitable, either the pain of being ambitious or, or not being ambitious, mm-hmm. one or the other. And in and, and my experience, and based on um, the way I view life and the way you view life determines the way you do life. Um, the pain of uh, the lack of ambition exceeds the pain of ambition. There's pain either way. And so, and, and pain is pain, but the dynamics of life are really what make life interesting and beautiful. And, it, and we wouldn't know and experience the good, all of the positives um, without the contrast of the negatives. And so I, you know, see, and I know that you appreciate as well, the, the beauty of life being dynamic and di- you know, they, those dynamics show up, um, they can show up in a moment. They can show up in a minute, uh, in an hour, in a day, certainly a day's dynamic, uh, a week, a month, a season of life. It's all dynamic and it makes life beautiful. It really does. And it, it, it is what gives weight to Um, the power of choice it's what gives the power of choice power Um, anyway so with that um, one thing that I thought of uh, with that wonderful rant is um, how if you're like me and you're and you're ambitious then you um, most likely have friends who are ambitious as well and then several who who aren't as ambitious Nothing wrong with that. It's just a different way of viewing life and doing life. Um, however, the people that fall in that category, I imagine you probably feel something similar to what I have experienced, which is, and, and really some of it is true and some of it isn't, but it's all in our head. But the visual that I would give to a feeling I have that I've experienced, it, it feels like the people in your life who don't share the same kinds of ambition um, with you. Uh, it's like they're they're constantly handing you their um it's like they're constantly handing you their limitations for you. Like, hey Nicole, I've got some limitations for you. Um here you go. Here's my limitations for you. And then Nicole has a choice either to accept those limitations. Okay, Trey, I accept your limitations for me. Or to reject them, you know, or in your case, kindly reject them and say, (laughs) Oh, Trey, those limitations. Okay. No, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm no. And the way that looks, what that looks like is the story you tell yourself about yourself. That's where that battlefield is. And that's where that choice is made whether to accept the limitations that your people, uh, that a number of people in your realm of influence have for you. And it's like, it's almost like a, I mean, it's just an ever present feeling of like, here's my limitations I have for you. And it's your choice whether to accept those or to reject them. And it's the story you tell yourself about yourself where that choice is made. And you can say, no, I do not accept any limitations that anybody has for me.
0: No matter how valid they may appear.
2: <laughs> exactly. No matter how valid they may appear, no matter how, mu- how smart they are or how much they love you. In my experience, people have different definitions of success. And when they, and, and basically people that you love and admire who are smart, who love and admire you. Um, and you, know, you, you want to show them the respect of their opinion, but you know that you have differing definitions of success my definition of success looks very different than, I don't know, like a 22 year old that is driving a a Bugatti and going out and partying all the time and whatever. And like, he might be living the life of his dreams. That's wonderful. That's not the life of my dreams. (laughs) Like we just have (laughs) (laughs) differing definitions of success, uh, you know? And, and so that's no fault of his and it's no fault of mine. There's no fault here, but like, you know, the the limitations he might put on me or the limitations I might be tempted to put on him, um, we both have the choice whether to accept or reject them. And it's just a a matter of like stepping back and having that wherewithal and having that moment of um, appreciation for them being them and the uh, opportunity that you have to be you and to be different and to have a different definition of success. And certainly in that case, it makes it easier with that, perspective um, and appreciation for the differentiation uh, between your definitions of success mm-hmm. um, for you to to reject their limitations for you and mm-hmm. to only accept your possibility like whenever you can get yourself in a positive state which the quality of your decisions is proportional to the quality of the state you're in so if you're like feeling like blah you know recognize that and know that you're going to make blah decisions mm-hmm. you will and, and
0: accept those mm-hmm. limitations if you're in that state as well. Mm-hmm. More likely to,
2: yeah. And you can get yourself out of that truly. And this is something that Tony Robbins teaches. Mm-hmm. In a moment, you can, even though it takes a lot of like willpower and just like a moment of courage and boldness, to say in this moment I am getting out of this funk. I can't afford to feel like that and make decisions that look like that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't. Like there's too much at stake. I must get in a positive state, I must get in a powerful state, and I must make positive and, and powerful decisions and take action based on that because I know where it's taking me. I know where both roads lead, and I have the power to choose the better one. And so that's that's the power in choosing. That's the story that I'm telling myself about myself, and I will not accept the limitations that I feel from People around me who don't have my shared vision, who don't have my shared ambition, and it is no fault of theirs. We have different definitions of success and we're both successful in our own ways and that makes life beautiful and I can still appreciate them fully. I can still accept them for who they are just as I hope they accept me for who I am. Mm -hmm. And uh, even if it's not reciprocated, who's experiencing the biochemicals and the the emotions of acceptance you accept people not the way you hope that they would be but accept them for who they are good bad and ugly Mm -hmm. Um, because every person's imperfect so if you want to experience the pros of any relationship at any level um, the best way to do that and, and the fullest and the truest way to um experience the pros of any relationship at any level is to also ex, you know accept the cons whether it's like really deep and gnarly or small and trite like i thought trey was going to keep his answer short and now he's still going <laughs> and i accept him just the way he is no I'm kidding
0: <laughs> i love every <laughs> answer you give so i i uh that's funny that's a funny example um I really appreciate, I I just genuinely appreciate your perspective on that because I I think we probably have heard, especially people listening to this, have probably heard the idea of, you know, you are the sum total of five people spend the most time with, or the concept of people in our lives who are putting their limitations on us, like you shared. Um, And it could be perceived as a negative thing. So I just really appreciate your perspective on a lot of the time, they're not ill-intended. They are trying to protect you. They want you to be happy. They want you not to fall down. Don't go climb up that mountain. You could slip. You could get hurt. You could lose a lot of time. You could lose a lot of money. You could lose whatever. There are a lot of those limitations are them trying to help us. Um, By giving so us know.
2: what they think would yes. make us happy because it's what would make them happy. Yes but we have different things that make us happy and we ha- we just simply want different things, which yeah. is awesome about humans in general. <laughs> but yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like they want for you, what they want for themselves in, in a way to a degree and there's different, you know, cause that the opposite can be true. But anyway, but yeah, those who love you, they want you to su- they might want you to succeed, but based on their definition.
0: Mm-hmm. And they don't want you like to get wanna, not just to yeah. succeed. They wanna prevent your pain, especially if it's parents or, or someone who, you know, they think that they've had, which they have had more life experience than, than us. Um, yeah, they want, to, they want to protect you. I actually, just one second, I feel like you were gonna share another thought, but there's one sentence that says people, um, now let's see if I can get it right. Um, people will base your future potential on their past reality. They will judge your future potential on their past reality. So when they're giving you limitations, it's based on their past reality. And whether they physically experienced it themselves or whether they watched other people experience it or whether they grew up at a time and they saw things be experienced, their past reality is what they will base your future potential on not necessarily ill intended it's just that's how we see the world we see the world based on our past reality i can confirm that's what happened when that person did that thing and this is what happened when this person did that thing and so they're basing your future potential on their past reality um which isn't true because we have unlimited potential it's that's that's totally bogus it's not a fact at all but it's no fault of their own because that's their beliefs that's their paradigm that's just how they see the world but as long as we can step out and be aware that, oh, they're just saying those limitations because that's their past reality and because they want me to not get hurt. And then you know, if we can perceive it that way, then I don't have to accept those limitations, however valid they may be, because they may be giving us real life examples and real life experiences to putting those limitations on us. So anyways, yeah.
2: (laughs) I love it. So I have a question, um, and this is kind of a loaded question, um, but I'd just be interested to see what spouts out and there's no wrong answer. but this is the, this is the question. Um, What do you want to be known for?
0: Mm. That's a great question. And I think that we, you and I may have some similarities in that, but I'll tell you mine and you can tell me, Um, I want to be known for helping people out of the prison they didn't know they were in of bringing them, to bringing awareness to the, the ability to feel happy despite the challenges and obstacles and circumstances that they may see, to bring awareness, to open their eyes, to take the blinders off, to be able to see, to feel happy despite challenges, because we all have challenges, but most of the world see their challenges and then they feel the way their challenges make them feel, rather than feeling happy despite uh, their challenges. So, yeah, I, I what I like the way Jim Rohn says it is I, I, that always resonated with me. It was actually it's a video I sent you yesterday, Trey. Was uh, he, his one line? He says, "I want to." How many people can you help out of oblivion? They're oblivious. They're not aware that they're stuck in this prison. They're not aware that they're not aware of it because it seems like a fact. It's like, no, I'm not. I am in a prison, Nicole. You don't understand my circumstances. You don't understand. I I don't understand. Of course, I don't understand your circumstances. I'm not in your circumstances. But I do understand that it's possible to feel happy despite those circumstances. And um, that's kind of what I want to be known for, shift, helping people to become aware of the potential and experience the potential of changing how they feel. Um, And obviously, the more you do that, the more you will change your circumstances. I want them to change their circumstances too, but I want them to have the awareness that it's possible to change how you feel despite your circumstances.
2: That's fantastic. I love that. That's a great answer. (laughs) Yes. What do you want to be knowing? Your wheels are still turning though. Uh, What else are you thinking?
0: Yeah. No, I think um, I just hadn't necessarily answered it, had the question asked that way before, which... Like, What do you want to be known for? I don't think I've asked myself the question that way. Uh, I know my purpose, my life purpose and my vision and, you know, the thousands of people and, or more that I want to be able to help. I want to speak on stage. with. I, want, I know I want to, I know some of the things I want to do to create that impact, but I hadn't necessarily been asked myself, like, what do I want my legacy to be? What do I want to be known for? And I think the answer I gave, I might want to think about it a bit because I don't know. I don't know if that's obvious. <laughs> like, will people be able to know me as that, as what I just said? <laughs> She's the mm-hmm. person who helps people open their eyes to realize that they can be happy when, they're, when they don't think when they, their circumstances would indicate otherwise. I, I might want to find another way of articulating that.
2: <laughs> I, think, I think you did a great job. I think that's a great answer, and it's a great starting point into um, uh, give yourself an arsenal, um, full of verbiage uh, in regards to, uh, well, what that answer is, you know, and kind of answer it from multiple angles. I think, uh, I know that I would benefit in doing that, you know, myself,
1: yes.
2: something that I did find very helpful was this book that I highly recommend called know what you're for mm. by Jeff Henderson. It is a fantastic book and whether you are like a business owner um, or in marketing specifically um, or even just, you know, like, well, it applies personally and professionally. Uh, although a lot of the um, examples are um, mostly professional. Um, it's, it's like hashtag the four book, um, know what you're for um, by Jeff Henderson. And I know Jeff Henderson and he is fantastic. I mean, this is like, one of the best people in my opinion walking the planet um so it's a fantastic book
0: i must get it immediately
2: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. it's it's really good I, th- I think you'll fly through that book just because uh it's it's mm-hmm. really good like every sentence is packed it's mm-hmm. not one of those you don't have like flyers uh or like oh well this section doesn't really apply it's like no it's it is uh it's very mm-hmm. quality uh a high quality teaching, um, in every line really. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it's a good book. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you, um, would you be open to sharing that? Re- if I reciprocate the question? Sure. What do you? And one
2: of the reasons, <laughs> one of the reasons I asked that even Nicole is because I thought it would be a challenge if you asked me that, um, because I <laughs> want to answer as well as possible. It's like, well, Hey, let's go there. Like you and I are both up for challenges. No. <laughs> um, so, what, what do I want to be known for? Um, so, I am a man of faith and I do believe that we are loved unconditionally. I believe that um, we were created here by a creator. I'm a, I'm a theist. I believe in God and I believe that we are created by God and loved by God unconditionally. And, like, that's our starting point. Like, we're here from a place of love, and then everything we experience is out of love and goodness. As a father of four, I, I see how everything um, f- for my kids, like everything I could possibly put around them, like the best, not just any shelter, but like the best shelter, the best resources, the best of anything we could possibly provide. Mm-hmm. I want that for my children and I feel the same um, kind of love. Um, mm-hmm. And my life experience comes from a place of, I believe that all things are working together um, because I am unconditionally loved, so that I would love to impart for those who don't see life that way, or they don't mm-hmm. see themselves that way, um, or they don't believe that. One, my hope for them is that they would know that they're unconditionally loved and feel that it's it's awesome
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: when you when you see yourself that way. But also to own their faith, understanding what faith is. If I could physically show you in a laboratory. Hey, like, um, like God exists and God creates and God created this phone, you know, whatever. If I could show in a laboratory, if I could prove that to you, then that leaves no room for faith, um, by, by definition and therefore it becomes a dictatorship and therefore, um, choice goes out the window. So there's a lot of depth there. There's a reason that I can't prove that God exists here in this conversation or in a laboratory. Mm -hmm. Um, and that will never be the case because then room for faith goes out the window and room for my ability to choose goes out the window. Mm -hmm. So number one, I would say, um, know that you're loved unconditionally. And then number two, own faith for what it is. You're never going to be able to prove, um, everything that you believe Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a reason for that, just to just own faith for what it is. Um but then also um I want to be known for uh, being a faithful steward of all that I'm entrusted, you know, and to have a positive impact on everybody that I I encounter. Mm-hmm. Um and to honor the process, goodness, um I wanna be known for being a great husband and father um and a great worker. Now professionally in my life experience Um, word of mouth referrals grew my business and allowed me to live one of my dreams come true Mm -hmm. because my friends were sharing with their friends who became clients who shared with their friends etc and i realized that a seemingly impossible dream became possible because of the word of mouth referral and so what i want to be known for um, professionally is to accelerate authentic referrals to accelerate the power of the word of mouth referral, which means relationally driven exposure to brands, um, to allow them to live their dream, uh, dreams come true. You know, to see their dreams come true, and um, you know, to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. So another way to say that is, I want to be known for changing the world,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, for having a positive impact on the world, such that it becomes, as we say at Stack, more remarkable. Um, because mm-hmm. it's the place to remark like if you've been marked by any by definition remarkable product or service or brand
1: mm-hmm.
2: remark on yaystack mm-hmm. because there's this awful thing that's going on which is unshared uh, referrals like you and i don't have time to sit down and go over everything that you would recommend to refer but goodness in yaystack I, in a few flicks i can see all these wonderful referrals from all these, you know, products and services and, and remarkable brands that deserve that increased and accelerated exposure. To where now, from Canada to Atlanta, those referrals are now accelerated, and I am absolutely buying some of the things that I didn't even know exist.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, that has made a positive impact for you, knowing that I'm making a positive impact for, um, you know, the creators of that. Uh, remarkable experience. And then you feel, um, a sense of uh, joy, you know, having, um, shared that good experience. And then of course I get to appreciate that as well. So, um, anyway, so I want to be, um, known for, um, unconditional love. Um, I want to be known for, um, uh, faith, owning your faith. I want to be known for being a um, great husband, great father, um, and a great businessman, and um, having a positive impact on everybody that I encounter. Um, And I also appreciate uh, a scripture that says um, that a good name is better than great riches. So that one's a big one. Mm -hmm. Another big one for me is to work heartily. Colossians 3.23, I I like that one. That's just you know, who I am, I'm a uh, a, a three uh, with the Enneagram.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, yeah, you know, it, it, and also if I could leave humanity with a, um, a more truthful paradigm such that um, I, I help future humans, my kids' uh, generation, their kids' generation, and so on. If I can leave them with some practical ways to experience how wonderful life is, by considering the alternative and by, you know, appreciation, you know, appreciating um, their life experience, even when they're tempted to appreciate somebody else's and wish that they were having that experience, um, to understand who they are and who they're not, and to own both more than they they would uh, otherwise, without having you know some tools and tactics that I can lead them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a way that I would encapsulate that is just uh, I would love to be known for living a wonderful life, exemplifying um, a, like a life wonderfully lived, and to show other people how to experience how their life is uniquely wonderful as well
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that was a fabulous answer very uh a lot in there that was really fabulous i like i I felt the word empower that's one of my words empower others but i felt the word empower others to know and to live a life that is uniquely wonderful like that you want to demonstrate that and then empower others to I'm putting words in your mouth you didn't say that word but that was what I felt that you're going to be doing is like empowering others really to be able to live that that way as well um this is very exciting I feel like I I had this flash I feel like I may have mentioned this in the past I had this flash of listening to this podcast or video in in five years from now and in 10 years from now like remember that interview with Trey Roth when he was and then and and me but I just uh, I really love the power of even from the business perspective of the, the word of mouth referral that I, I just can see the impact on the world that 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 view can make that it's going to be kind of fun to connect the dots looking back.
2: <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, I think we can wrap up with that today. It sounds like we're just about out of time and I feel like that was a really good a uh, couple of thoughts uh, to end with and to kind of leave that impact on the world at the end but any last things you want to share or how to reach out or how to contact you maybe I might do that every time just so that we have contact information
2: absolutely reach out to me um, at Trey Roth um, both on Instagram and uh, on yaystack uh, 2020 is our we're going from private to public and so we're very excited about that. Um, so find me at Trey Roth, T-R-E-Y-R-O-T-H. And, um, and please reach out if I can be um, an encouragement uh, at all. I'm, I'm happy to do that. And uh, yeah, I appreciate the time. I appreciate anybody that's listening to this that's seen this, this thing through. <laughs> and uh, you know, go um, uh, make it a positive impact on the world as you're you know, uniquely qualified and live a uniquely wonderful life yourself.
0: Thank you so much. I love it. Final closing words. Thank you so much. Awesome. We'll talk to you next time. Uh, hopefully soon. We'll do another one very soon.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate it, Nicole. Thank you for the opportunity. This is a ton of fun. I yeah. look forward to doing this again sometime. Mm-hmm. Definitely enjoy uh, the holidays if we don't connect. Um, but uh, yeah, let's just circle back and find another time to do this again.
0: For sure.